0: Hello and welcome to YHTV's Magical Medical Tour. This is episode eighty-one. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Christina Suzama and with me is our wonderful medical guide, Dr. Glenn Woolman. Hello, doctor Woolman. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, Hello, Christina.
0: (laughs) You were trying to shoot out of the finish, I mean the start line, right? (laughs) Before the gun went off.
1: (laughs) I know, it's a false start. Uh, Runners, take your positions again. (laughs) (laughs) Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Magical Medical Tour. I'm Dr. Glenn Wallman. I will be your guide along with Christina today as we travel through another quadrant of the healthcare galaxy searching for optimal health. And today we're going to talk about uh, life balance and six categories. We've done this before and we will do it again. Uh, And I'm looking forward to it. But before that, we have some great information for all of our listeners uh, and i 'd love you to share that with them, Christina
0: Well, yes, I think this is very exciting news that has just uh, graced us, which we have been nominated the magical medical tour has been nominated for the ninth annual podcast awards. Um, we are very honored as we 've been chosen uh, out of forty four hundred podcasts we have been chosen to be in the health and fitness category, so we are in the running for that podcast award and And we would hope that you would all take a moment to vote and to vote each day. It's a daily voting system. If you can, if you can, (laughs) no pressure. (laughs) Um, Just by going to our site, yogahub.tv, yogahub.tv, you will see uh, there there is a link. And if you click on it, it will tell you all about how to vote. And uh, you can even sign up for daily reminders. So that we will send you a quick email every day to say, please vote for us. <laughs> Remember to vote. And uh, it's a very interesting system. They don't just grade um, on the number of votes. They grade on a number of things, which is like the site, uh, the, um, how easy it is to use, the production value of the shows, but just by being nominated for Magical Medical Tour, it's going to bring thousands of eyes and ears over to our podcast, over to our videocasts. And so we hope that all of you will partake and help us to win that award.
1: There yep. you go. <laughs> I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, it, it is an honor. You know, I've never been involved in anything like this before, being in medicine. Uh, although, you know, every year watching Grammys and Oscars and, MEs and things like that, but uh, and always wondering what the people went through to go through that journey. And it's it's kind of an interesting aspect right now to share in this for a moment. Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: You just want to walk that red carpet (laughs) (laughs) with me.
1: (laughs) That's right. That's right. Uh, No, of course. Uh, And Segovia. Uh. Uh, It's going to be great. Uh, In the meantime, though, we actually have a show. We do? Oh, that's right. We We have a
0: show. Yes, yes, yes.
1: (laughs) So this could be the show that uh, will make people uh, really want to vote for us. So just in case, uh, do you want to tell people how to get in touch with us today?
0: Absolutely. You know, during all our live presentations, you can feel free to ask a question or make a comment simply by scrolling down on your screen and typing it into the comment box. Or if you prefer to ask it directly yourself, you are very welcome to dial into our conference line, which is 323 476-3997 476 your id is 607-393 pound and not to worry that number will show up on the screen as uh, we are doing this presentation thank you glenn
1: you're welcome and thank you christina uh last week i want I want to go over something from last week uh our last episode before we uh move into today's episode uh About We were talking about uh, one of the things was the flu vaccine. The other was about Halloween, and I hope everyone had a great Halloween and everyone's still safe and healthy from that. But we were talking about the flu vaccine, and you had brought up a question about whether the flu vaccine is safe for nursing mothers. Mm -hmm. And although I felt like it was, I just didn't, in my mind in that moment, didn't have the... Data just to say specifically it was or it wasn't. Uh, So I went back and researched it, and it is definitely safe and recommended actually for uh, nursing mothers. So no problem. But again, as with everything else in medicine, every person has a uniqueness to them. And it's very important that if you decide to have the flu vaccine, (laughs) you should discuss it with your doctor and get the right vaccine. So, yes, that's the answer on nursing mothers.
0: Mm, you, thank you. That, that, I really appreciate that. I think that is a very important question um, because, you know, the, a lot of times they tell you everything is safe and it's okay. Nothing, yeah. I don't know.
1: If any, <laughs> I don't know anymore what is and what isn't, but I know that if you get the, uh, the vaccine where the virus is inactivated, you're not passing on the virus to the child. Mm. So, what you're passing on are the antibodies that the mother uh, developed. Mm. So, interesting. Would, yeah, it is. So, you don't have to worry that you're going to give your child the flu because it has the virus in it.
0: Mm. Mm. Very interesting. The human body—it's just uh, that magnificent world <laughs> of technology.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is.
0: <laughs> Those ones and zeros. <laughs>
1: One's and zeroes, definitely. <laughs>
0: um, Glenn, there is also another question that came up. Um, if uh, I don't know if you'd like to give a little feedback on it right now. It was something that was commented uh, um, through the site itself in a comment box. Um, and it's, uh, thank you very much for this very informative program on the flu and getting the vaccine. I have mixed feelings about whether I should get the vaccine. And my question is... I have high blood pressure and I take a daily med for it and I also have incontinence issues and also take Visicare to control it. I have not had the flu during the past 10 years and would like to know if I should get the shot anyway.
1: First of all, uh, thank you for your uh, comment and question and we appreciate that and just let you know that we'll always get back to you, be it uh, through email or from the site or on the show itself if you call in at a certain time. Uh, The answer, and first of all, I am glad that you have mixed feelings about it. I think everyone should have mixed feelings about uh, all the medications that they take until they make the decision uh, whether or not to take it. If you decide to take it, then you should no longer have mixed feelings. You should have very positive feelings for whatever medication you're going to take if you need to do that. Uh, The hypertension and the uh, incontinence, the bladder or urinary incontinence should not really be reasons not to take the vaccine. One of the things that I would need to know would be your age. Sometimes age is a factor where you can factor that it may not be as important for you to take it at a certain age and much more important at another age. For example, people over 65 But interestingly, one of the things that's uh, coming out right now, there's some new research that's coming out, and it's early, and it's small studies, and it's not something that's very specific yet, but they're trying to equate getting the flu shot with actually preventing uh, heart attacks and strokes, and that might seem like a, a long way to go and like i said the studies are just preliminary and they're small studies and bigger ones need to be done but the theory being that uh it's not the cholesterol necessarily or the size of uh of an atheroma inside your blood vessel or sclerosis inside your blood vessel especially in the coronary arteries but what happens is an inflammatory process for various reasons, can occur, and that inflammatory process will break off a piece of the of the arteriosclerotic growth, and that piece that breaks off after the inflammation can go down the vessel and, and eventually clog it up when the vessel gets small enough, and that's what actually causes the heart problem. and it, they believe that a lot of it has to do with inflammation, so what they're saying is that when a person gets the flu, the body sets up an inf- an anti inflammatory response and it gets inflamed for a while. And by taking the flu shot, if you can prevent the flu and prevent that inflammation, then you have more of a increased possibility to uh decrease your chances for a heart attack or stroke. Mm. So how's that for an answer? Yeah. So anyway, back to, back, back to the original question: So, is,
0: do we or don't we?
1: <laughs> right. So I think you, depending on the person's age and with the history of hypertension and things like that, I think it's a good idea to, to be thinking positively about getting the flu vaccine. But then you have to go through your own uh, your own issues and discuss it with yourself first, and then if you have other questions, discuss it with your doctor. Uh, most people lean toward getting the flu shot, and mm-hmm. that's where I would probably lean, but I think it is good. And I commend you for having mixed feelings about it so that you think about it consciously and go from there. Mm. Wonderful. I don't know if I totally answered the question, but it's always a individual uh, decision.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the good pointers, though. Thank you.
1: Yeah, you are welcome. Mm-hmm. So today, six categories what i 've learned is that in our species um, health is not really something that a lot of people think about until it becomes a problem if you 're feeling well you don 't think too much about your health now, of course, I think this is changing with shows like this and so many of the other things that people are doing actively in the world right now. It is changing a little bit for but for the most part uh, you always talk to someone and and they only say, uh, "Oh, how are you feeling?" And you go, oh, "I have some health issues." And we've all heard that. And when people do have health issues, that's when they start thinking about their health. Uh, if you become a diabetic, you have to think more about your diet. If you have a heart problem, you have to think more about exercise and and again your diet and all of the other six categories that we're talking about. But it seems like we don't think of things. About health, And my concept is that health itself is an issue, and we always need to be thinking of health as an issue before we get health issues like illnesses mm-hmm. and trauma. So we should always think of it. And in one of the blogs that I wrote a while ago, I think I talked about it as we should not have health on the last page. Of our newspaper, we should have it on the front page. It doesn't always have to be the headline, but at least it has to be on the front page. Uh, or another uh, metaphoric way of saying is it shouldn't be on a back burner. It should always be up front, simmering somewhere. So I always look at the things to uh, help people get healthy, and I always talk about the six categories, and the six categories are exercise, nutrition, stress management, sleep management. Patterns of Behavior, and Spirituality. And I periodically I like to go over those with people to uh, first understand those categories. Uh, second is to, once you understand them intellectually, we try to find ways to help people go from intellect to consciousness and make it part of your lifestyle and make it your health issue. And in doing this, we try to bring Current information or some tips to people to help them, so that's what I want to do today and uh, we're going to start again with uh, exercise and not that it's the most important, but it's one of them, and they're all just as important. I always say that you have to uh, you have to be aware of all six and they tie into each other, and they're all important. You can't just focus on one or two and hope that the other four can just lag behind. All of them have to be uh, at consciousness and part of your lifestyle. So exercise is the first one. And today, for my little tip, I talked to Heidi Harrison, a world-class Pilates instructor, and asked her for a health tip on exercise. And what her tip was, and I thought it was very interesting, I wasn't sure what she was going to give me as an answer, but she just simply said, unplug and then was quiet for a moment and i thought about it and i wasn't i wanted to see where she went with it and she said basically when you're exercising turn off your computers turn off your phones your pads your pods and everything else don't read magazines she felt <laughs> that she, she felt i know stay tuned uh to your body while you're exercising because And this is the part that I really agree with, because it's giving you important information you need to know. And if you're being distracted by all of these other things, then you may be missing vital uh, pieces of information that will determine uh, your future health and possibly present health. And I see that a lot in the gym uh, where people are always listening to things. And and part of my thing is uh, I see it mainly for people that are on the uh, cardio Uh, workouts on the bikes and uh, the Stairmasters and the ellipticals and and they're running. It seems like uh, they really want to do that, but it's boring.
0: Yeah, and you know, I I have to say when in that gym atmosphere, I'd rather be listening to like the Magical Medical Tour or Trinity (laughs) of Life going through streaming into my headphones than that blaring music that is thumping away in the background
1: uh I I would agree with that but I I still think I like the idea of unplug. I think that uh exercise is a really good time to get away from everything else uh and not be not be focused on other things and the the part that she said about being tuned to your body uh that's the key here while you're exercising because if something hurts you when you're doing something that's an indicator, and you should be aware of that right away. And if something's blaring and blasting and you're focused on an article you're reading and you miss that little clue, mm-hmm. that might be an opportunity to either prevent something or find something early that under normal circumstances, uh, you wouldn't get. So I think that's uh, pretty important. Mm-hmm. I know that when I'm exercising, uh, I love it to be I love to have the music in my own mind. Or whatever I'm thinking about in my own mind as I'm tuning in to the body and connecting it you know to my mind and connecting it to my spirit that's uh that's a great part of exercise for me
0: mm-hmm. That's a great tip thank you heidi Harrison
1: <laughs> definitely so I want to uh I want to move on. Mm -hmm. And talk about the next one, which is nutrition. And just as a reminder, whenever we think, I think of nutrition here on Magical Medical Tour, we think of Tracy Harrison.
0: Yeah, another Harrison.
1: (laughs) Yeah, another Harrison. This is going to be a Harrison episode. Uh, Tracy will be on with this, uh, I think, uh, the last Tuesday in the month, maybe. Is that November 26th? Uh, That's right. Yeah, she's going to be on, and we're going to be speaking about diets, uh, different types of diets. We're not going to look at just the normal diets, but we are going to speak about a number of different diets, so just to let everyone know. And if anything come up today comes up today uh, from our discussion, we could certainly uh, work with uh, Tracy and ask her about that. But for me right now, we have... Nutritionists, we have research scientists, we have physicians, we have the food industry, we have the government. All of those are giving us a lot of information, uh, especially over the last 50 years on what we should eat. You know, there's always new information on the newest, latest, greatest fad diet, how to lose weight. Most of the time, the diets are about losing weight. So there is, you know, the Atkins diet that we've spoken about, there's the uh, low fat diet high protein diet there's the increase the carbs diet and many different types of diets that that we've all looked at and many people have tried and you can always find anecdotal stories on either side of the issue of someone who oh yes i ate just watermelon i lost 45 pounds or i did this and and i got sick so there's always anecdotes but we need science and the science so far Has not been that great. It's been as good as it could be. But sometimes we went on bad data. And instead of redoing and renewing and relooking for for new concepts, we built a lot of our studies on old data. Mm. And that's why things have been very confusing for us over the last few years. Uh, Economic gain is also another part of this whole process. And marketing, you know, but what we see right now is that the concept of a proper diet to address things like heart disease and diabetes and obesity, uh, it's almost too complex to do a normal specific study to figure out what is the right thing. Don't forget, in the study, we have so many uh, complex issues, genetics, we have cravings, food choices, hormones, insulin, Carbohydrate metabolism uh, lifestyles all of these things need to be part of part of the the studies and it turns out that in many cases it's just too complex to be able to say it's this is the right one, this is the wrong one so for me right now, basically what I want to come out with just for our little tip today is that uh we should be just thinking for the moment until we get the science right. And there's a lot of science going on right now and they will get it right because there are many things that we're learning that we have good information on. Like uh, the omega-3 fats are good for us and certain types of fats are worse for us. Certain carbohydrates are worse for us. And we could talk about that in a few moments, but basically if you just think too much of anything is too much. Mm -hmm. So if you think, oh, I want to have a lot of protein because I'm a weightlifter and I want to build up my muscle mass. Well, that might do that, but too much protein may be very bad for your kidneys. And then you hear that, oh, I should be eating more fats because they're going to give me protection against inflammation and it's another form of fuel and it's healthier for me. Uh, But too much fat can be bad for your heart, especially the bad fats. And carbohydrates, there are many different types of carbohydrates. There's the refined sugars, uh, the simple sugars, the things that are made with flour, many processed foods. These are carbohydrates that are actually bad for us. And there are some carbohydrates that we need that are good for us that come in fruits and vegetables and fiber and some sugars. But in all the processes, I think until we have the actual science you have to look again into yourself. You have to unplug, as Heidi said, in terms of when you eat things, see what they do for you. How do they make you feel? Are you gaining weight of them, on them and trying not to? Or you might be trying to gain weight and that's good. So you need to plug into your own existence and your own metabolism and your own, uh, your own habits about eating and find out what's good for you and eat less of it. But you should be thinking in terms of the proteins and the carbohydrates and the fats. The way I like to look at it is I just think of the proteins and the fats as the the structures that are important, the building blocks that help us define structure and chemistry and hormones and things like that. So in other words, the proteins are the things that make up the cell structure. We always talk about cells and it's important to have a structure, otherwise they don't exist. And then the function within them, if this cell is is designed to produce insulin or to produce another product or to move the heart, those are things that proteins and fats do. And the way to think of the carbohydrate is carbohydrate is really a fuel. Mm. And it's simply that. So if you are going to be sleeping, if you're going to sleep, You don't need that much fuel. So having carbohydrates, especially simple carbohydrates, late at night to fuel yourself for sleeping is not a good idea.
0: (laughs) That means no desserts, right? Well,
1: you can have your dessert, (laughs) but you can have it, you know, uh, not just before you go to bed. So I think that would be uh, the key there to figure out when do you need fuel and how much fuel do you need if you're going to the gym. You need more fuel if you're going to run a marathon uh like the new york marathon that was just run recently uh you need a lot of fuel but if you're going to be sedentary for the day then you don't quite need as much fuel so that's my uh quick tip Mm. didn't seem that quick actually
0: (laughs) (laughs) that was a very full tip
1: it was a full tip a full nutrition (laughs) yeah any questions in this area or th- or any thoughts on that
0: no, I think uh, you you covered it very well dr woolman it's okay. it's uh yes we can.
1: It's, it's very confusing right now. We hear so many things, and you have so many different groups you have the American Heart Association trying to say one thing, and you have the food industry trying to say mm. something else and uh you know most people are tuned in to commercials rather than reading the journals about.
0: Yes, Yes. I mean, they're going to hear it as a whole, and it's like how wonderful milk is for us, right?
1: I mean, but that
0: that ventures across not just the United States, but all throughout the world.
1: All throughout the world. Obesity now, and you could follow this. It's really interesting. If you follow food in the food industry, of course, you know, if you look at that, we have to realize that as a species, we were designed to eat things that were before the pre-agriculture period in our evolution. So things that we found that were natural or that we killed and that were alive and that were that you know, were eating their own healthy foods. Um, that's what our body is designed for. So once we went to the agricultural age and then we started producing things that would have a longer shelf life or would be able to be transported from one country to another country or one part of a state to another part of a state uh things had to be entered into them and then you had people started looking at cravings
0: mm.
1: or the industries looked at cravings and you know they say gosh you know we can if you look at the carbohydrates in terms of producing foods carbohydrates are probably one of the cheapest foods to produce i see and, and you can you can charge higher for it in some cases. You can get your markup fairly high for that, especially when you create cravings hmm. in those areas. You know, you talk about people, but you know, most people, when they're thinking of having a dessert snack, they would not ever think of going to uh, some cauliflower or some kale mm-hmm. or a tomato or a carrot. They would think of the candy bar that, you know, had the better marketing.
0: Well, also, the candy bar, which is their health bar, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is excellent marketing, you know, the granola bars and things like that, which is, second ingredient is sugar, (laughs) sugar and more sugar. You know, the energy bars that have come out as well. Um, People go, oh, this is my breakfast bar. When I picked up a breakfast bar at school, it was... um, First ingredient sugar, fifth ingredient sugar.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the issue now. The and the refined sugars where the corn yes. fructose and things like that, those are the things that are really causing the problems. And we're seeing more and more of that. And it's not the fats that people were were eating. In fact, more of the dietitians are looking toward increasing the fats to a certain degree, but Again, it's too much is too much.
0: Mm -hmm. Agreed.
1: So eat less and and think of carbohydrates, especially the simple ones, as strictly fuel. And ask yourself each time before you eat, do I need any fuel right now or Mm -hmm. do I need... Uh, anything right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like my large banana split. Okay.
1: <laughs> Definitely. Okay. So we move, on, we move on and we talk about stress management.
0: Mm.
1: Stress again. You know, we, always, <laughs> we always talk about stress. All of us have stress. Uh, we're designed to have stress. Our bodies are designed to have stress. It's, all, it's a bodily function, uh, at least the way I look at it. You know, it's a response. It's an ability to deal with an issue that requires either greater strength or more concentration or speed or something like that. It's to protect us from danger, all of these things, because it, stress is about hormones. First, it's about a reaction to something and a perceived threat. And then it's about hormones that go into the bloodstream, and those hormones, when they go to the different receptor sites on different organs, create uh, all sorts of things to happen for us. Blood pressure goes up, pulse goes up, uh, vision changes, uh, all the intestinal blood is, is moved away toward muscles. A lot of things happen during stress moments, and this is okay for a few moments it's when uh, the stress continues for long periods of time and those hormones are continuing to be in the body and have their effects on organs. And eventually the organs get inflamed or they wear down. And that's when the complications occur. That's when we have the heart disease, the strokes, the high blood pressure, and even uh, inflammatory processes and autoimmune programs. But there, there's good stress, actually. I mean, the stress, sometimes if you're a student and you have a a term paper due tomorrow, you're stressed enough so that you'll stay up and, and finish it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's,
0: <laughs> Adrenaline rush? <laughs> no, no, that's exactly, that's yeah. one
1: of the hormones, exactly what it is. Red carpet. Also, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 on behalf of the Academy
0: <laughs> of podcasters, <laughs> of,
1: pod, of both of the podcasters. Uh, now, now I'm totally lost. <laughs> I have no idea where I was. It was just... the, the stress can also be fun sometimes. You know, if you go to uh, an amusement park and you get on a roller coaster and you're up at that top and you're ready to come down, you start getting stressed a little bit, all, all the adrenaline hits and and you love that moment. So there are, Good parts of the stress. There is a little bit of good stress. But ultimately, if stress goes on too long, just like any other bodily function, if, uh, if you thought about tears, for example, as a bodily function to either clean the eyes out or to uh, show an emotional response, that happens for a little while and then it ends. But if you were crying and tearing constantly 24 hours a day, you couldn't live with that. And think of other bodily functions that you do in spurts. That usually is the way it works. It happens intermittently for short periods of time, and that's comfortable and appropriate. But if you continued all bodily functions continuously, it would not be comfortable, nor could you have a good day. (laughs) (laughs) Totally agree. That one I can
0: agree upon. (laughs)
1: So, today is, uh, I just have a little helpful hint on uh, it's a little tip, and it comes from a Chinese proverb. It mm-hmm. says, and this has to do with how to deal with stress, stress management. If you are patient in one moment of anger, you will escape 100 days of sorrow.
0: You will, if you are patient, in one moment of anger, you will...
1: Escape 100 days of sorrow. Huh. Chinese proverb. And I was thinking about that because, you know, most of the time, a lot of stress is, is due to something we may have done in a moment of stress that we have to deal with. After the stress is over, whether we said something to hurt somebody in one moment of anger or we did something irrational in a moment of anger, you know, I can't tell you how many people I've had to take care of their fractured hand when they got angry and slammed a wall and tried to put their fist through metal or a wall or a window or something like that because they were so angry. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's that one moment of anger and it's the hundred days of sorrow that follow that. Mm. But it's, it's important for people to just figure out how they look at stress, how they deal with stress, how they manage stress. It's very important in, in our being.
0: Yes. Do more <laughs> ohms,
1: more ohms,
0: breathe, <laughs> meditate, <sighs>
1: Yeah, the four moving square meditation.
0: breath. Yes, what's four that? square breath.
1: What kind moving, of meditation? I said moving, moving meditation. meditation. Yeah, I love moving meditation. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great thing right. to do.
0: A, a slow
1: bounce. A slow, <laughs> slow bounce. Still, you're excited, but it's, it's a slow meditative bounce. Oh, yes. <laughs> right. You can go off into the universe in one bounce. I like that. Mm-hmm. So what's next? Let's talk about spirit mm. for a moment. Uh, spirit is something that's very personal for people. The way I look at spirit for me, we always talk about body, mind, and spirit. And I always look at the body as all the cells and the things that we can look at under a microscope, you know, everything from the skin within and back to the skin. Um, I look at the mind as, uh, as an ability of ourselves to, communicate with ourselves and with others and to compartmentalize and analyze things. And I look at spirit as a way of connecting ourselves and placing ourselves in the universe, the perspective, the grounding into the universe and the centering and how we relate to the big picture and our how we relate to all other things. So that's spirit for me. And it's very individualized. <laughs> So, for me, uh, spirit takes on many possibilities. And I read a quote uh, the other day that I thought would be very good for everybody to improve your spirit for today and any time that you might read this or listen to this podcast in the future. So, here it is. And the author is unknown. If you've forgotten the language of gratitude, you'll never be on speaking terms with happiness so i'll repeat it if you've forgotten the language of gratitude you'll never be on speaking terms with happiness and i find that um, that is a big part of spirit to be in a state the more of a state of gratitude you're in and compassion the higher your spirit is the more you are in your higher self and it brings on happiness
0: Mhm. I can agree with that.
1: I would hope so. Mhm. I would wonder mm-hmm. otherwise.
0: <laughs> you would wonder otherwise. <laughs> I
1: definitely would. I certainly would. Yes. So we have uh next one is patterns of behavior. Mm-hmm. Unless you have any questions about any of those that we've gone no. on to.
0: No. Nope. Just lovely. Okay. Got wonderful tips. Ah, good.
1: So patterns of behavior uh and Next week, we're going to be speaking with Dr. Marissa Pay, uh, and you should all turn in for this one. She's a radio talk show host. She's an author, public speaker, and a consultant to people and to companies. Uh, she She's a Tai Chi and Qigong teacher. She's a singer. So many uh, different things, and we're going to ask her maybe a little bit about patterns of behavior. But just for a quick description— Our bodies are basically about patterns. We have physiological patterns that, you know, heart rate is a pattern, breathing rate's a pattern, waking and sleeping cycles are patterns. Those are patterns of physiology. And then we go to patterns of behavior. And patterns of behavior are the way we move through our life, how we get in a car, how we start a car, how we put on makeup, how we get dressed, how we date, uh, how we interact with people. How we act when we're in a place we don't know. All of these things are patterns of behavior. And these are things we've learned over our lifetimes. Sometimes it's very difficult to change patterns of behavior. There are certain patterns that we have that are good for us and healthy for us. And we don't want to change those. But periodically we have patterns that we've learned and have been used to help us survive uh, various life situations that maybe no longer are necessary. So it's important to be aware of patterns and know that they exist and to be able to analyze them as a or and helpful beneficial pattern or one that that should be changed because it's causing you harm or others harm or both. So I just for today, instead of looking at it as a pattern, consider it as a script and consider it as a script that was written for you by your parents or by your teachers or by your doctors or friends or yourself and realize that um, you can change the script now as an adult. If you're uh, not an adult yet, you can start thinking about the script anyway and uh, exhibit adult-like patterns of behavior. So I would say uh, as a, if you look at it as a script, then look at some of the things that you're doing and try and pick one today or whenever you hear this podcast or each time you hear the podcast, pick a different script and see if, if it can be changed, write a new script for it. And I have a couple little sayings here that I wanted to throw in with that. <clears throat> and this first one is from Swami Shivananda. He says, and this goes along with the script, I guess. I didn't realize that as I was uh, writing it. But as you can change your handwriting by constant practice, so you can change your mind patterns by constant practice of positive and constructive thoughts. So that goes along with that. As you can change your handwriting by constant practice, you can also change your mind patterns or patterns of behavior. My constant practice of positive and constructive thoughts, Swami Shivananda and uh, do you have anything on that christina?
0: love it yeah. I love it it's because it 's so simple for people to understand and and so often uh, as we move through life, you know you you hear the sayings you know can 't teach an old dog new tricks, and you know oh i i, I it 's been set in i can 't change things. And you just made it so clear. It's uh, You can change that pattern. You could change that pattern as simple as you would changing your handwriting. I love that.
1: Yeah, that's very good. I like that too. Mm -hmm. I have another one also. This is from Confucius. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I really like this one a lot. When you have faults, faults, when you have faults, do not fear to abandon them. So that to me makes it uh, that combination of the two. If one of your patterns of behavior could be considered a fault, don't be afraid to get rid of it.
0: Wow. Well, it might not exist. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: don't say that. To me. <laughs> Confucius would have a great time with you.
0: (laughs) Ah, That's nice.
1: Yeah, I like that too. Mm -hmm. So patterns of behavior. Any thoughts on patterns? We all have them. You know, we just don't think about it because our brain is designed. Our brain likes to be in charge. And if we start taking over, Sometimes it gets confused and doesn't like us and does things to us. And it likes to take over, you know, on the deepest level, uh, our autonomic system. Mm -hmm. If if you imagine that we, okay, I'm going to be in charge of my heartbeat from now on that, that wouldn't do very well or your respirations or anything like that. So the brain has all of these patterns on its deepest level. And then when it gets up to higher thinking, It also likes to deal with patterns. It makes it easier so that you can actually be multitasking. You can do many things at the same time, preparing a meal, eating a meal, the way that you shower. All of these things are patterns.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. And it's it's just good to be thinking of them and look for the ones that are hurting you and move forward.
0: You know, I I would love to add this uh, uh, to this topic where, um, I, I do believe if the, for the people who have children mm-hmm. and you watch that child or those children grow every stage of their life from, you know, birth to the year old and, and the amount of shifts and that they make, the amount of shifts and changes that they go through, not just physically, but in every way, body, mind, spirit, all of these six areas that you talk about. Mm-hmm. It it's amazing how much we as adults have forgotten, you know, we, and we just take, you know, take for, uh, for granted. And we go through life when we move through life. It's like what you're saying. If you're healthy, you don't even think about, uh, um, health. preventative health or keep wellness, overall right. wellness. You don't think about it because you're just moving through life. You don't have a cold. You don't have the flu and, and everything's fine. Um, it's, These children, as we watch them, we, a lot of people don't pay heed either until something comes up. And as I, as I work in the schools and I, and I watch these children, how they're developing and how their habits, as they go through habits, behavioral patterns, as you would call it, as Mm -hmm. they go through the different years, as you say, is as simple as that handwriting. If you are on it right from the beginning and they're able to make those changes and you keep having them change and alter, there is a certain creativity and freedom that begins to develop in those kids.
1: Not only that, and you know, many blessings to you for being aware of that and bringing that up. I, I think it's really important for parents to, and anyone dealing with children that are that are developing their patterns be aware that a lot of the patterns they're developing are are because they're processing processing things that they are trying to create a response that they think will get a positive reaction from the person that's uh causing them to have the pattern mm. and, and sometimes uh, it's about survival. If if you're in an abusive uh, relationship with a child, uh, that child is going to develop habits and patterns that are going to try and uh, help it survive and to try and please you so that it doesn't get abused.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And mm-hmm. because of that, then when they grow up and they're not necessarily being abused anymore, but they still have those patterns. And then they interpret when other people come to them and uh, may say something, it may trigger an old response to a bad pattern, which isn't necessary anymore. And that causes problems in relationships and jobs and professions and everything else. Mm. So, yeah, keep looking at your scripts.
0: (laughs) Keep rewriting them. <laughs>
1: Keep rewriting your scripts.
0: Not just for yourself, for those around you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Right.
1: And it's and at every age, we can change patterns. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's good to have conversations with people that care about you that can sometimes point out patterns that may not be so great uh, in a loving way. So that you can sometimes be aware. One of our patterns is to avoid recognizing patterns. So, hmm. so sometimes we need help in that.
0: Well, they're aspect. scary. <laughs> they can get really scary.
1: Yeah, that's why there are psychologists and psychiatrists and heavy duty drugs, because some of those <laughs> <laughs> some of those are pretty scary. I in the emergency department we saw people that were very scary to the point where they were not really functioning, uh, on a level that was safe for the rest of humanity Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or for themselves. And in fact, you know, that, that was our criteria. Usually when we had to put somebody into the hospital, um, what we called a 5150 or a psychiatric lockdown, something Mm. like that. And usually the criteria that we had to meet, aside from many different health criteria, but the two important things are, is this person uh, dangerous to themselves or to others? And Mm. or if we found that, then we would put them in the hospital until we could get control and figure out what was wrong with them. So Mm. anyway, Getting well, pretty heavy here.
0: We we had a comment that came in, Doctor mm. Uh The comment is: love these scripts for switching patterns of behavior. Thank you, thank you for sharing them. Oh, very nice. Yes, love those love those scripts. Very nice. <laughs> and if you don't have time to rewrite, that's okay. Well, that one sent in? From... Just practice something.
1: <laughs> thank you, whoever sent that in. That
0: Unless it was good. Segovia. Uh, no, I think he's writing a, a whole paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. I'll have new scripts for him, don't worry. <laughs> I'm sure.
1: I'm sure. As you should. As
0: should. <laughs> that would be something. That would be a great um, exercise for a whole family to do. Hmm. Yes, Wouldn't that be a fun exercise? Like when you're sitting around the dinner table or whatever it is, when you have quiet time and you just say, okay, well, you know, tomorrow night when you, you know, come, come with a, a new pattern of behavior, mm. right? Let's nice. come with a whole new pattern of behavior, good, bad, indifferent. It doesn't matter. Just come with a whole new pattern of behavior. That'd be so much fun.
1: I think it <laughs> I like it except for the part of good, bad, or. <laughs> well,
0: I, well, you know, what's really interesting, and this is something I've found sometimes what each, it's like perspective, and sometimes what, um, if someone brings a pattern that is uh, what others would consider bad or.
1: or Maybe naughty na- would be naughty. That. Yes. I like naughty more than bad.
0: Yes. But at least it's a pattern of behavior where you can have a discussion to go, you know, that's not really appropriate. You know, it's it's not appropriate. So let's change the script for tomorrow.
1: It's a great idea.
0: Right. And instead of negating it, because if the person's come up with it, it's somewhere in their psyche. That's right. (laughs) That it's going to come out sooner or later. So you might as well let it come out now and discuss it and kind of go, oh, that's kind of cool, but you know, it just doesn't fit right now. (laughs) You may want to reconsider that script.
1: (laughs) I think that's brilliant. I think uh, maybe we can get, uh, in fact, let's not tell anyone this, Christina. Let's uh, develop a board game.
0: Oh, that would be fun.
1: (laughs) Keep this a secret now. We'll develop a board game.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We just have it. Blurted out on Magical Medical Tour. That's right. all.
1: <laughs> patterns of behavior to get to a to get to enlightenment, you have to go and change these patterns and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. For
0: all the closet actors out there, <laughs> rewrite your script. <laughs> right. Oh my well, goodness! Thank you
1: for the uh, thank you for that uh, letter. In we appreciate that always. Mm-hmm. So we have one more category, Christina. Oh, we do. Yeah.
0: Oh that's oh yes. Number 6. Sleep. <gasps> Good night. Sleep
1: management. Mm. So I'm going to get around this in a very roundabout way but it's kind of fantastic. Um you've you've heard of lymph nodes, right? Mhm. Okay. So there's we have our normal circulatory system with the heart, uh the arteries, the capillaries, the veins, all the blood vessels. That's the circulatory system, but we have a lymph system, and the lymph system is a system that's created that goes that travels through the body. It's kind of a flowing system of fluid that picks up materials, be it bacteria or metabolic wastes or proteins that are in between cells, so they're not inside the cell, they're, and they're not inside the blood vessel there's a third place that things can be something is either in a blood vessel or it's in a cell or it's outside the cell in, in tissue between cells. And sometimes things get out into this tissue and that's where the lymph is. They have these channels that wash through the body from the feet all the way up Mm. and they go, the lymph, uh, the lymph fluid is picking up particles and going through these channels and they go into lymph nodes, and the lymph nodes are kind of a screening device where they say, oh, there's a bacteria, let's kill it. Uh, uh, they work with the immune system, or there's some uh, metabolic protein waste, let's, let's keep that. And all of the other good things or okay things then go back into the normal circulatory system, and then they get circulated again. And then the body gets rid of the lymph, the tissue, or the, the fluid Particles that are waste products. Hmm. Got that? Mm -hmm, So you mm -hmm. you know. So uh, periodically, lymph nodes get swollen, and that's when you think you have a cold or something like that, or or a malignancy. Different things like that. You've heard of that, right?
0: Yes, yes, I have, and and I do believe there's a massage process that is to drain the
1: lymph nodes. Absolutely, their lymphatic massage is Mm -hmm. uh, very big now, and and there are many issues that people have, especially. People that, for example, a woman that might have a mastectomy for a a breast cancer who may also have what they call an axillary node dissection. That means in the axilla or the armpit where the lymph nodes are that drain from the breast, sometimes cancer can be found there. So the Mm -hmm. surgeons will, as part of a radical mastectomy rather than a simple procedure, will go up into the armpit or axilla and remove the lymph nodes. And because of this, uh, a lot of people that have that surgery will start developing swelling in that arm because it's the lymph swelling. It Mm. has nowhere to drain anymore as easily. So this is a great thing for the body, but for years, forever, actually, we tried to figure out, we couldn't, the lymph system does not go into the brain. The brain and the central nervous system are closed off. They have a barrier between, uh, we call it the blood-brain barrier. And this is a protective mechanism of the body and the brain to protect it from things that uh, might get into the bloodstream. They won't get through this brain barrier into the brain and affect it as easily. And medications are designed for Uh, getting into the brain or staying out of the brain. Many, many things are, but we could not figure out why the brain did not have a lymph system. It made no sense, but uh, a Dr. Nadergaard in her lab in Rochester, New York, recently published, and this is in March of this year, they finally found that the brain actually has a lymph system and they found that uh it goes what it happens is it goes this flow of fluid goes through the brain tissue in the same way that um the body lymph goes through the interstitial parts so it's not in the cells and it's not in the blood vessels it's almost like a wash comes through the brain and it takes away and picks up all of these proteins and bacteria and cleans them out. This was just discovered uh, this March, this past March. And they wow. did this with, with uh, you know radioactive uh, medications that they could follow going through the brain. And they would see it flowing. Mm-hmm. And this has some really big implications because one of the things, as you may know, is there's a protein in the brain called amyloid beta that's produced. And amyloid beta is one of the problems that we see in Alzheimer's. This protein starts tangling up the the neurons in the brain and, and different parts of the brain structure so that it doesn't function as well. And we're finding out that it's this lymphatic system of the brain. As at least part of it, it's, again, just like everything else. And we started from the very beginning talking about diet is complex. Certainly, the brain is very complex. But it's this cleansing system uh, that washes through the, the tissue of the brain and clears out these proteins. If it doesn't work as well, then those proteins build up. And that's when you can see degenerative diseases like Alzheimer's or Parkinson's uh, and many other degenerative neurologic disorders. So, this is a great discovery. And I know right now, there's no question in my mind, Christina, that you're thinking, yes, but what does this have to do with sleep? Were you thinking that? Mm.
0: Oh, no, I'm just, I was just trying to keep up on all this information. I think that it's so brilliant.
1: It's It's like,
0: we have our own street cleaners going through our brain. (laughs) That's
1: exactly right. That's exactly right. They wash, it's this flood of fluid that washes through all the tissue and comes out the other side and uh, it cleans it up. And we're going to, as they study more of this, I think we may find cures and therapies for many of the diseases that have. Uh, plagued us throughout history. But here's the part. So I'm going to connect it right now for you. It appears that another reason that it's important to sleep and a reason for sleep is that when we are sleeping in our deeper sleep, it appears that the cells in our brain shrink a little bit. And by shrinking a little bit, Allow it allows for that increased space so that the fluids, the lymph type of fluids, can flow through. In fact, they call it. it, it, They have a great name for it. It's the glymphatic system. So they add a G to the lymphatic system, and it's the G is because of one of the types of cells or tissues in the brain is called the glial cell. G L I A L. A glial cell, so they made it the glymphatic system for the brain, and it appears that at night or when you're sleeping, the brain shrinks just enough, uh, the cells in the brain shrink enough so that they allow these spaces to open up more, and the fluid flows freely. And I won't say that again.
0: <laughs> Why? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it and it seems to be clearing the brain, so. The reason I'm bringing this up is that it's another reason, an important point in making sure that as one of the six categories, sleep is managed well. And you can say to people when you're going to sleep or if you're sleeping longer, you're saying, just clearing my brain, just getting clear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what about those of us who get Foggy brain when we sleep too much. (laughs) Maybe it's too much cleaning and cleaned out a little too much.
1: You've you've cleaned out all the good stuff. Yeah. I, you know, I knew that you would find out. (laughs) So that's it for me today. Inside the doctor's bag, the six categories. Uh, I hope that it helped a little bit. It's very important to keep health issue as a issue itself and not wait for an illness or injury to become a health issue, keep it on the front burner and look at these six categories uh, mm-hmm. and find ways for yourself to figure out these categories and take them again from intellect to consciousness.
0: Mm. Wonderful.
1: Yeah. Thank you.
0: Well, I I, I was going to ask you for a tip, but I think all six of these are your tips.
1: That's right.
0: A a tip within each one, right?
1: Uh, The only other health tip I I would come up with today is it would be very healthy for everyone to go out and vote for us. Because then we will be able to continue doing the show, bringing great people to the show, bringing current information and great information for people to make great decisions and become healthier. So your whole health issue is related to voting. (laughs)
0: That sounds great. Well, thank you, Dr. Glenn Willman. That is a wonderful hour with you. That is so well spent in so many different areas of our wellness and our health issues. Pay attention, everyone. (laughs) Make it an issue so that you take care of yourselves.
1: That's right. Goodbye, everyone. Uh, I want to thank all of my healers and my teachers for allowing me on my journey. And I want to thank you all for joining us and all the people from Yoga Hub, Christina and Segovia. And I want to say until next week, when we travel through another quadrant of the healthcare galaxy, I'm wishing you all optimal health.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Glenn Woolman, and of course, to each and every one of you for joining us in this new platform of education and information, where, of course, can Continuously grateful for your support, and look forward to hearing your feedback on how we can serve you better. We invite you to join us live on Tuesdays for Magical Medical Tour at ten thirty a.m. Pacific, one thirty p.m. Eastern. Wednesdays for Trinity of Life at eleven a.m. Pacific, two p.m. Eastern. Followed every other week with Flowing Into Awareness with Anantara. I'd like to remind you that we will be starting some new shows coming twenty fourteen, and we look forward to having you. We invite you to join us on. On the new shows and the new programs. And as a reminder, please connect with Dr. Glenn Woolman by following him on Twitter at Glenn Woolman, and of course through his own site, GlennWoolman.com, where you can learn about his Metaphor Square Breath. Again, we are grateful for any feedback and support, and we would invite you to vote for us for the ninth annual podcast awards. Um, Again, uh, if you just log on to our site, yogahub.tv. Right there, you will see all the information on how to vote. And it's a daily voting system. So we would appreciate any of you that could take that extra spare time out each day and uh, just cast your vote. Um, it is uh, it is uh, your support during all this is critical to the growth of YHTV and the whole network in itself. So we look forward to bringing you more. Again, if you have any comments or questions, give us a call at 818-LET'S-TALK. 818-LET'S-TALK. Until next time, namaste. YHTV's Magical Medical Tour Join Dr. Glenn Woolman and Christina Suzama as they journey through the healthcare galaxy interviewing doctors, healthcare practitioners in the attempt to share ways to achieve optimal health. Join us on yogahub.tv every Tuesday at 1030 a.m. Pacific, 1.30 p.m. Eastern.